I'm Michael Bungay-Stanier. This is Two Pages with MBS, where brilliant people read the best two pages from a favorite book. But this is part of the twist series, when my favorite person is myself and my favorite book is my own book. And in fact, the really cool thing is I invite favorite people onto the show to have a conversation with me about that. I'm excited to, I, I think you may already have met Octavia because I've had her on previous podcasts. I'm a big fan of her work. She has a new book coming out, which she's going to tell us about. Um, Octavia Goradima is a British woman thriving in LA, a career coach, a champion for women. And, and you know, we, we met randomly. <laughs> I think Octavia wrote me a nice email saying she liked one of my books. And we've somehow struck up a friendship and, uh, and a comradeship from that. Um, which is precious to me. So, Octavia, welcome. Oh, thank you, Michael. It is very nice to have you here. How would you describe who you are? I, I threw around some words, but how do you? Who are you? What's your story? Um, I'm really passionate about helping people do their best work, and along the way, I've been figuring out how to do that myself. Right. And I didn't just like your book. I love. <laughs> do more great work. And I love your new book. So <laughs> thank you so much for inviting me to be a part of this. But yes, I am a career coach. Um, I run a company called 2010 Agency, and we specialize in helping underrepresented professionals accelerate their careers. Right. And I'm the author of a new book called <sighs> Prep, Push, Pivot, Essential mm -hmm. Career Strategies for Underrepresented Women. And that's coming out in early 2022 in January. So exciting. <laughs> I'm Thank we're, you. We'll be able to celebrate the birth of our new books together, which is pretty, mm -hmm. pretty cool. Um, you're British. How did you end up in LA? By accident. <laughs> 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 like all the best stories. Um, I, I moved to Los Angeles for the first time. I've moved here twice, but I moved here for the first time 16 years ago. 17 years ago, if you told me, Octavia, you're going to be living in Los Angeles, I'd have said, Michael, no way. There's no way that's happening. So it was um, a complete accident. The professional reason was that I transferred with my company at the time. Mm. But the real reason was I moved for love. Nice. <laughs> that's, that's why I've been moving around the world as well, for love as well. So that's a, a good, good reason. So, Octavia, you, I asked you to pick the chapter that um, you'd like me to read from the book. And what's cool about the chapter you picked is it's actually the one that has a nod back to my one of my first books, Do More Great Work. Um, and I, those of you who aren't watching the video, there she is holding it up. It's beautiful. Thank you so much. Honestly, it never gets old, the thrill of people holding up one of your books saying, this, this is your book and I'm reading it. So section um, eight, the, the title for it is Remember Your Best Self. And I'm actually going to read a bit. It's a page after the chapter starts because it, it tells a funny story which i want to tell so thank you for inviting me to do that i'm just going to launch into it and then you and i can have a chat about what you liked about it that's great the subtitle is called lock don't i mentioned earlier that my first job out of university was in product development we didn't just work on sugary desserts one of the agency's clients was one of the world's biggest alcohol companies. They are a behemoth, with a vast number of beers, ciders and spirits they market to the world. In the early 1990s, Scotch whiskey hadn't yet got the status it now enjoys. It was seen as an unhip old man's drink. 
everyone from distillers to distributors sensed there was potential to grow the market, but no one had cracked it yet. My agency was tasked with solving the problem and inventing a new whiskey. If the old-fashioned distilleries weren't grabbing people's attention, maybe something that spoke to the young and the cool would do the trick. We did invent a new whiskey, Loch Dew, the Black Lake in Scots Gaelic. It was dark, it was sweet, it was horrible. I mean, it failed utterly. Scotchnoob.com describes it as, quote-unquote, intriguingly bad, like the nasal equivalent of a horrible traffic accident. The review goes on, Today, it has a cult and collector following, and bottles can fetch several hundred dollars apiece. Part of this fascination is due to its rarity, and part of its reputation as one of the worst single malt whiskies in existence. Thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> I'm, I'm responsible for that. As bad as Lockdew obviously was, the project was nonetheless the genesis of one of the most powerful tools I know for self-management and self-mastery. It's one I continue to use whenever I'm about to step out in front of an audience or get down and start wrestling with work that's on the edge of my confidence and competence. I first talked about it in my book, Do More Great Work, and I'm bringing it out of the vaults, Disney style, for you. Then a new subheading, this, not that. Think of a favorite brand of yours, a brand you feel affection and some loyalty towards. Now, tell me what it is about the essence of the brand itself that makes it so different and special in comparison with its competitors. It's a difficult thought experiment for anyone, but if you're a marketer, this is at the heart of the job. Brand essence guides what is on or off brand. Peloton shouldn't launch a range of donuts, clearly, but should they open a dance club? When we were trying to invent the new whiskey, we ran into the challenge. What's this brand about? We found that words alone were too blunt at all. They were too generic, too abstract, too hand-waving, you know what I mean -y. We solved it in two ways. First, by using metaphors where possible. You know, a picture is worth a thousand words, and a metaphor is just a grammatical name for a picture. And second, by clarifying through comparison. I've come to call this tool this, not that. So for Lock Do, instead of saying vague things about how we wanted to position it as a cool whiskey for hip young people, we would create a this, not that table, like so. Mysterious, not obvious. Guinness, not Murphy's. Dusk, not Dawn. Ice Hotel, not Log Fireplace. Burberry, not Tartan. And then as I go on and talk more about it, because that's about the two pages, we go, here's how we move that table from talking about bad whiskey to talking about the best of you versus the not quite best of you. So, look, I love reading that. So thank you, Octavia, for picking it. What is it about that or this chapter in particular that struck a chord for you? Um, it strikes a chord for me in so many ways because there are not many opportunities where we actually pause and do this for ourselves. Mm. And while it's a strikingly simple but poignant concept, it's such a powerful one. What does it take to be your best self? And the fact that there's no right or wrongs to that, but there's right. lots of nuance to that, but right. that nuance really matters. And I, I very much 
it took me a long time to learn this. I'm now in my 40s, but I had to learn to trust how it feels. Yeah. Not how it looks, how it sounds, what mm. it might look like, but how does it feel? And, and with this exercise that you are sharing with us, it just gets to the heart of that. You know, I appreciate you saying that, Octavia, because um, how it looks can be quite seductive because it plays into aspiration and a bit performative and a bit kind of, this would be a good thing for me to be saying about myself. Whereas that sense of how it feels, I, the way I think about it is kind of does it have a does it hit my body in some way? So I go, oh yeah, I can feel that. No, not just not just a feeling, but can I actually get a visceral hit around it? Gives me a clue that I'm onto something that's real, not just kind of vaguely aspirational. Yes. Octavia, how do you come back to the best of who you are? Do you know? I've been rethinking that. I constantly am rethinking that. And when I read that chapter, I actually stopped and reflected again because I'm in a really exciting phase where I'm doing some things for the first time <laughs> ever. That's also terrifying, but I'm also evaluating in real time mm. how those things feel. Yeah. And there's this phrase you use in the chapter about being on the edge of your competence and confidence. Oh boy, am I there, right? <laughs> it's precarious, <laughs> isn't it? It's like, this is so exciting slash terrifying. <laughs> exactly. And so I am in the middle of really reflecting on this, mm. Michael, right now. I, I, I really am. And I've made a commitment partly from reading this chapter because it was coinciding with so much happening for me that the next steps I'm about to embark on in the coming months, I want to enjoy them. Oh, nice. I want to enjoy them. And I also, of course, need to get out of my comfort zone a little bit. <laughs> but but how it feels is really resonating with me. And, and you share this story about your leg jiggling before you were having to give, like, I think two really important presentations at, diff at different um, points in your career. And that really touched me because there's no, there's no perfect answers to this stuff. Mm. We're not robots. We feel, we get nervous. Yeah. It can be a bit panicky. It might feel awful. We might feel great, but sometimes we're like in between all of those things and it's a little bit of a jumbled up mess. But within that, there were some core themes that, your questions have made me really stop and think about, oh, I didn't think about it that way. Yeah. That's why that worked for me. And that's why maybe this didn't work so well for me. Nice. You know, I love, I love you going, how do I kind of connect to the joy of it? Mm -hmm. And I'm really sitting with that at the moment myself because I am wrapped around the kind of the launch of this book more than I want to be. I keep talking to people and they're like, come on, Michael, you've launched books before. And you had one book that was super successful. You know how to do this. And I'm like, first of all, it's different. Secondly, if I did know anything, I've forgotten it all. And thirdly, even though I'm trying to hold it lightly, I've kind of over holding it on too tightly. Just got too firm a grip on this. And even intellectually, I'm like, Michael, calm down, mate. <laughs> it's just a book launch. It's the, it's the life of the book that matters, not the launch. Um, in the moment, I'm actually kind of more more entangled than I, I want to be. When you're in a place of 
edginess, you know, exciting, thrilling, daunting, scary. How do you connect to the joy of it? Because I'd love some guidance on that. Um, it's hard for me to do it in the moment. It's often me reflecting back mm. once the thing is done because right. the adrenaline is running for something mm -hmm. that matters. <sighs> Even if it's something that's a sweet spot for you that you're looking forward to, the adrenaline is still running. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I do a lot of reflection. I'm a very introverted person. So I like to, even if I've done something that is visible, a lot of things I do are not visible to other people, especially yeah, yeah. with writing and coaching yeah. and things I do. But for the things that are visible to people, I I love to have reflection afterwards on what it means to me. And and, and the things that aren't visible to others too, I, I, I do the same reflection because I, I'm not a big fan of to-do lists and accomplishments just that I, I really do like to at the end of each month that's normally when I do it just really pause and go over mm. how it felt what right. I learned from that the perspective I have on that but the analytical piece wasn't always there and this chapter reminds me of that yeah. and as you said it echoes this hey. <laughs> the chapter here which and I then remembered yes and do more great work that was one of the things I loved the most in that book too, because yeah. you 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 are helping your reader to really gain insights into who they are in a mm. really powerful and supportive way. Yeah, beautiful. Octavia Gorodimo, where can people find out more about you, your work, your new book coming out? Oh, thank you for asking. Um, well, you can find me at octaviagorodima.com. Um, and my book is called Prep, Push, Pivot. Um, and yes, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited about this journey. Thank you for yeah. giving me the opportunity to be a part of your journey. My pleasure. When, when, when's your actual publication date, do you know? January 12th. January 12th. Fantastic. Mine's January the 11th. Yes. So we've almost got a shared birthday. Fantastic. Yes. Congratulations on your new book. And thanks for being part of this conversation with me, Octavia. Oh, thank you for having me, Michael. Hey, it's Michael here. Thank you for listening to one of the How to Begin episodes, part of the Two Pages with MBS podcast series. So you're either listening to it before or after January the 11th, which is the launch of the How to Begin book. How to begin, start doing something that matters. If it's before January 11th, if you're happy and willing to make a pre-order of the book, I would certainly be grateful. The pre-ordering kind of really matters to authors. It's our chance to kind of get some notice of the book, to kind of get a bit of buzz going around it. Um, it's one of those great gifts that a reader can do is to pre-order a book for an author. You know, I wrote the book because a line came to me, which is, we unlock our greatness by working on the hard things. And when I think of my own personal growth and the difference I've made in the world and the impact I've had, it's when I've taken on something that feels thrilling and important and daunting. And I wanted to share and write about a process to, to help others do that. So if you're looking to be more ambitious for yourself and for the world, to kind of connect to that ambition, um, and if you're really wanting to rethink goals as a, as a liberating force, and if you just want to be the best version of yourself and do work that makes a difference, whether that's work at work or work, you know, just in life outside uh, your kind of a career, then I think this book might be for you. Um, you can find out more about the book at howtobegin.com. 
um, that will give you bonuses, that will give you uh, pre-launch extras if you're listening before January the 11th, um, and it will just give you um, additional resources if you're coming to it after January 11th. Thanks for your support. You're awesome. You're doing great.